This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. Now I want to uh, take a moment here to just share. Uh, a word with you out of John 15. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, grab your Bible. would encourage you to, to, to grab it. If you're watching this on your phone, uh, find another avenue. You can watch it. YouTube's a great uh, source to watch this. And so you can follow along in the scripture with me. would encourage you to do this. I'm talking uh, once again on the topic, abide in me. Uh, how many of you know that we, we need to fact check our source of life? Uh, what is your source? What is the, your source of life? And John 15 paints a very clear picture of who our source of life must be when Jesus simply says, abide in me. So in John 15, let's, let's read verse eight here. I often say, let's read this together, but you're at home. It should be on the screen. So read it out loud with me if you want to. Uh, it says this in verse eight, John 15. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Here Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's saying, it's all about the fruit. He's saying God is glorified when we bear fruit. When I ask you this question today, the question that I believe that God is asking all of us, is there fruit in your life? Is there fruit in my life? Uh, Is there fruit of Jesus living inside of us? Fruit is the byproduct of us being in Christ. And I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today about fruit. Uh, and here's how we're going to do that. There's a scripture that, that uh, a story that happened, and it's Jesus, and it's recorded both in Matthew and Mark. We're going to look at Mark's account. It's in Mark uh, chapter 11. And it's a remarkable parallel, I believe, of, of what Jesus talks about here in John chapter 15. So how many of you know it, the word is what feeds us? As a matter of fact, Jesus says in John 15, it's because of my word that has cleansed you. It's my word has cleaned you. We got to be in the word. And so the word today in, in Mark chapter 11 says this. It says, Jesus entered Jerusalem and came into the temple. Now this was, uh, as Jesus was traveling, this is the triumphant entry. He's coming into to Jerusalem. He knows he's going to be crucified. He knows he's going to lay down his life. And so this is that journey. And he came into the temple after looking around at everything, he left. Just say he left. Tell, tell somebody on your couch, he left. Jesus walks into the temple, he left for Bethany with the 12 since it was already late. And then on the next day, when they had left Bethany, he became hungry, seeing at a distance a fig tree and leaf. He went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat from you again. And his disciples were listening. 
I want to talk to you for just a moment before we continue reading in this, in this portion of Scripture. Uh, something that occurred to me this week that I, that I hadn't put together before in this story. Jesus going into Jerusalem, the triumphant entry. This is the climax of his uh, journey here on earth. This is the end of his three and a half years of ministry, the end of his life. He knows he's got about a week left uh, before he goes to the cross. And so he goes in and he's, everything he does here is so intentional. He comes in and the, and the scripture tells us that he walks into the temple and looked around at everything. Why in the world would Jesus do this? He goes to the temple, he looks around and then he leaves and then he goes and finds the fig tree. This is remarkable and, and something that is very important to notice because here's what I believe. I think Jesus was on a fruit inspection tour. Jesus was looking for fruit. He walks into the temple and he looks around and the question is, is what does he see? Jesus walked into Oasis City Church today. He would walk in and see what I see. When I look around here, I, I see a lot of empty chairs. I see empty chairs all over this room. I see 300 empty chairs with nobody in the room other than me and a couple of guys. Jesus walks into the temple and what does he see? He doesn't see what he's looking for. But he leaves. And he leaves, and I believe this is very important because he goes over and he finds the tree and he, he wants to teach his disciples something. At the end of this, it says his disciples were listening. Jesus wanted to show his disciples something that was happening in the spirit. He wanted to show it to him in the natural. And so he walks over to a fig tree, a fig tree that is, that, that is mature. It's full. It, it, it should be in the early stages of fruit production. Now, it wasn't the time to harvest the figs, but what Jesus should have found, he should have found small, immature, the green figs, the ones that weren't ready to be harvested, but he should have found, he should have found uh, fruit hanging, although not ready to pick. But the scripture tells us that when Jesus went, he found no fruit. He looked at a tree that, that from a distance looked healthy. It looked ripe. It was vivacious. It had leaves all over it. But when he came closer, he found no fruit. You see, this is the very picture, the very thing that Jesus saw when he walked into the temple. This is what I want us to get here, church, is that, is that Jesus walks into the temple and it says he looked around at everything and he couldn't find fruit. As a matter of fact, the temple wasn't what it was supposed to be. The temple was not in order. He saw money changers taking advantage of people, taking advantage of the poor. He saw things that were all out of order and he knew he had to make it right. But before he made it right, Mark tells the account, he steps away with his disciples and the next day shows them the, the, this fig tree. And then as we know the story, it goes on. Jesus walks into, I'm not gonna take time to read it, but Jesus walks into the temple and what does he do? He upsets everything. He walked in the day before he saw things were out of sorts. He saw that there was chaos and Jesus comes in and he creates even more chaos. He, he, he turns up the money changers tables. He, he grabs a whip. He throws out people in the temple that shouldn't be there. Why? Because there wasn't any fruit. There wasn't any fruit in the temple where it should have been. And this is what happens in verse 20. It says, Jesus left. And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree, the fig tree that he saw the day before. And what was it? It was withered from the roots up. And being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. This is a pretty powerful parallel to Jesus. The story of Jesus is him looking for fruit. Here's what I want you to notice, church. The truth is this, is that, is that Jesus walks into chaos 
and he creates more chaos, but he puts things in order. Jesus is in the chaos. The church looks like it's in order. The temple looks like it's healthy. It looks good on the outside. And then when he walks in, if you were used to it, you would say everything's right and normal. But Jesus walks in and he sees he can't find what he's looking for. And so Jesus walks in and he immediately turns things upside down. He creates chaos. But in creating chaos, Jesus is bringing order. And it's the same thing that he does with the fig tree. He looks at the fig tree and he says, it looks good from here, but he walks up close. There's no fruit in it. And so as he walks up to it, he says, this can't be. And so he says, you'll never bear fruit. The next day they walk by it and it is, it is already withered and it's died. I want us to ask ourselves this question today. If Jesus came by as the fruit inspector, what would he find? He comes by and he looks into your life. What would he find? Many of us look good on the outside and when we show up to church, we look our best and we know the songs and and we may even know scripture and so we, we can play the part, but is there fruit in our life? I think it's one of the things that we're discovering. Even in our nation, when we look around, people claiming to be Christians, people claiming to be followers of Jesus, yet when we look at their life, there's no fruit of it. And so what happens? Jesus says, I can't work here. I can't work with this. You can't claim to follow me and yet not have any fruit. If that's the case, it'd be be better for you to be cast away and not have any fruit. And he's not talking about heaven or hell. He's saying, listen, if you're not bearing fruit, I can't use you. And so I want to encourage us here to dive in because there's three things that I want us to notice about this portion of scripture. There are, I believe there are three ways that we can look at today that if we're not bearing fruit that we need to look at. The reason we're not bearing fruit today There could be three sources. The first is this. We could have a pruning problem. Say pruning problem. Today, you might be a pruning problem in your life. You see, when you you look behind me, we're set up here on the edge of 270 in Westerville, Ohio, uh, with all the snow and the crazy weather that's happening today. We're at the 11 a.m. service. and, And when you look behind me, what you find is that they have pruned back the growth between this building and the interstate to a certain point, but it stops right behind me. There's a whole lot of growth that hasn't been pruned. And we often look at things that, that are big and, and, and growing and we think they're healthy. Maybe when you look out your window and you're sitting at your house, uh, I ask you the question, can you see out your window? Uh, can you see out your window? Have the trees and the shrubs been pruned <laughs> so you can see out your window? Sometimes we think the biggest is best, but the truth is the biggest is not always healthiest. I'm not talking about your weight, but hey, if the Lord so leaves you, Holy Spirit convicts you. What I'm saying is that we we forget that pruning is necessary in our life. We forget that it's healthy for growing things to be cut back and to be pruned at the right time so that they bear fruit. And when things get overgrown in your life, and, and even though it might look good and it might look right, There's not fruit there. Some of us today, there's a pruning problem. John 15 verse one says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So it means God is the, he's the pruner. He's the one, he's the farmer, he's the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. 
So in your life today, if you feel like there's an area that, that you feel like God is using you and then you feel like, wait a minute, something's happened. I feel a pause. I feel like God's cutting back. I feel like there's not uh, as much opportunity as there was. That could very well be God just pruning your life. He's saying there's fruit there, but I want there to be more fruit. Here we sit on a Sunday and we want to be live every weekend. We know some of you because of health or safety concerns, whatever it might be, can't join us yet in person, but we want to be here every weekend. But here we find ourselves online only again, and I don't like it. I get frustrated. I get disappointed when we have to do these things. However, it's also a pruning moment, a moment for us to step back and look at things in a different light and say, okay, God, what are you doing here? How can you create more fruit out of our lives? How can there be more fruit come out of Oasis City Church? It's a pruning moment. And I want to encourage you that, that if you're not bearing fruit in your life, it might be because you have a pruning problem. We allow God access to every single part of your life. He can't just prune the parts that you let him. He has to be able to prune the parts that he wants to prune. The second thing that I think that we can have with this, and it goes along, is we can have a perception problem. A perception problem. You ever meet anybody that was just completely unaware? Completely unaware of, of who they were or maybe an issue they had in their life? It's kind of like, you know, if you've ever visited the hospital and had some sort of, sort of procedure uh, they dress you in that, in that gown in bed and you're laying there in the bed and you think you're good. Uh, but the moment you get up to walk around, you recognize that, that the back end's a little drafty, that you gotta be careful because uh, you, you just think you're covered. And some of us today, we think we're bearing fruit, but really all we have are just a bunch of leaves. And, and, and I want to speak to you right now, those of you that are watching here. Listen, don't, don't allow just those good-looking leaves to, to fool you into thinking that there's actually fruit in your life. Listen, it's very interesting to me that it was Zacchaeus who hid in a, a sycamore fig tree. Did you know that? It was a sycamore fig tree that, that Zacchaeus hid in. He was hiding in a fig tree. The leaves were covering him. Does it remind you, uh, if, you're, if you're a follower of scripture, you read your Bible in the book of Genesis, what happens? Adam and Eve first sinned. And what happens? They have to cover themselves. And so they make themselves a covering out of fig leaves. It's this picture. It's this idea that we can hide in the leaves in the vegetation of this fig tree, but actually be completely uncovered. And there are some of us that are in a place of hiding. We think we're okay because, hey, our branches have green on them. We think we're good. But God is asking us today. He's saying, are you bearing fruit? It's time to come out of hiding. And I believe that's a word for some of you that are watching here today is that it's time for you to come out of hiding. Just as Adam and Eve hid themselves in the garden under the fig leaves, just as Zacchaeus climbed up a tree and hid himself away looking for Jesus out of the picture. Some of us have hidden ourselves in a fig tree, in a place where we are covered away. Our perception isn't reality and we're hiding. And God is asking you to come out of hiding today. He wants you to know him. He wants you to follow him. And he wants you to bear fruit and much, 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 much fruit. Check yourself today. You see, here's the truth is that when Jesus walked into the temple and he looked around at the room and he didn't see fruit, he had a PR problem. He, he had a public relations problem. There were people that were supposed to be representing him, not acting the way that they should, not, not bearing fruit that they should have. 
He looked at the fig tree, and this is why he told the disciples this. He looked at the fig tree, and, and he walked over to it because it looked good and it looked right. But there was a public relations problem in the fig community when there was a fig tree that looked like it should bear fruit, but it was barren. And Jesus said, this can't be because everything in the kingdom reproduces itself and it bears fruit. So Jesus is saying, listen, if you're not bearing fruit, I can't use you. And that's the hard truth with this church. But we've got to be people who fruit is manifesting all out throughout our lives. The only way we bear fruit is when we're connected to Jesus, when we're connected to him, when we're abiding in him. And we talked about that just a couple weeks ago. But I want to move forward and talk to you about it. You might have a, a pruning problem. You might have a perception problem. There's a third thing, a third challenge today, and that is this. You might have a pollination problem. Apollo, what? A pollination problem. Well, pollinate. Trees, they pollinate. Flowers, they pollinate. And we see this in, in, in verse 5 of chapter 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. You abide in him and he abides in you. This is the picture. This is what it is. You see, because when you pollinate, when a flower is pollinated, it takes the pollen that is on the flower and it has to get in the flower. And this is a good preaching point right here. There, there are things that are on you that have to get in you. The pollen has to go from being on the flower to being in the flower. Jesus doesn't just want to be on you. He just doesn't want to be around you, but he wants to be inside of you. He has to take what is on you and become in you. And that's the pollination process. But until we are pollinated, we can't bear a seed. We can't create a seed that will then bear fruit. Here's what we have to do. We have to allow ourselves to be pollinated. And this is what I was reminded of as I studied this week is that you can't pollinate yourself. You can't pollinate yourself. No flower can pollinate itself. Here's what happens. It takes an outside element to, to, to help the pollination process. Often, it's an insect, right? We think of bees that pollinate flowers, right? They land here and they take it to the right spot and, and it germinates or it creates that seed on the inside, right? Insects, this happens. We see it with hummingbirds, you know what you also see it with? You see it with wind and with water. These natural elements, what they do is they, they pollinate the flower. You see, there's got to be movement in order to be pollinated. You can't just sit there and pollinate yourself. You need an outside influence to come in and pollinate you. And it's called self-pollination. But you can't do it yourself. You need the outside element. And I love this picture because it's like the, the two elements are wind and water. Wind and water, it represents the Holy Spirit. You gotta allow the Holy Spirit around you to stir up these things for the pollen to be able to get to the place, get in you so that you can bear fruit. It's self-pollination. But did you know there's another type of pollination? There's self-pollination where wind or water and insect may create the pollination process amongst yourself. But there's also this other one and I love it. It's called cross-pollination. You see, cross-pollination is this, is this concept that, that an insect will come from one flower to another flower and it brings the pollen from a, from a flower of the same variety but a little different and it pollinates this flower. What happens is, is you have uh, unique characteristics that then come out of that seed and it creates diversity in the plant. 
So the fruit is the same, but yet it's different. It's, it's a new expression. It's actually something that is creative. It's something that is rare. And we see this all across in the natural element, in nature. It happens all the time. This is what I love. I love this because to me, this speaks of Oasis City Church. We are called, we are a multicultural church. We're a multi-generational church. And what happens there is that when we walk into a building or we sit on Facebook and we have all of these other friends that are following us and that we're friends with, that we have conversations with, but they don't look like us and they talk a little differently and, and, and they see the world a little differently. But what happens is a little bit of them rubs off on us. And what does it do? It develops something in us that is a little more unique and a little more rare. Listen, church, this is the beautiful thing about cross-pollination is that it takes something from this and something from that and it creates something that is unique and something that is rare. Pollination is necessary for us to be able to bear fruit. And you can be self-pollinated, but, but I sure do love, I love the cross-pollination. I believe it's what we're called to in the kingdom. And I want to encourage you with this word that it's got to be something that we rub off on each other. Today, wherever you're watching from, I want to encourage you this. You need people in your life. You need people in your life who are other believers. They're from the same tribe as you. They're followers of Jesus. But you know what? They look a little different. Uh, they, they see the world a little differently. But when you rub off on them and they come in and they pollinate you, guess what happens? Something beautiful. You're developed in a brand new way. You see things a little bit differently. It, it adjusts your perspective. Church, we need this. And I want to give you a real practical th- uh, way that we can do this just for two minutes. We, we asked ourselves internally, hey, do we do small groups? Because small groups haven't really worked in COVID. You know, we have a hard enough time gathering together, but who wants to gather in some stranger's house, you know? Or even here at church in a small room close together, it doesn't work. But there's such a need for us to connect to one another. As we got together and prayed about it, talked to people, here's what we felt like we heard from the Lord. We have an opportunity to make our small groups smaller. So this is what we want to do. I want to encourage you to be part of a small group at Oasis City Church, a connect group. They'll meet both in person and online. But here's what we've done. We've made them smaller. We're going to have groups for men only, women only, or married couples. And they're going to be anywhere from like four to six people, two to three couples. We're going to gather together once a week for six or seven weeks after Valentine's Day till Easter. And we're going to talk about the word. We're going to follow up on the sermon. We're going to watch something from Right Now Media, a great teaching, a great discipleship program, whatever it might be. And we're going to cross-pollinate one another. So here's how we're going to do that. I'm going to encourage you. We'll put the link in there. You can go to our app, Way City Church app, or always on our website. Click on, I want to lead a group. Here's what we're going to do this time. Instead of just browsing, hey, group, which group do I want to join? We want you to start one. We want you to start a group and it's okay if you pull together your friends that you're already in relationship with. You know, everyone has their COVID bubble, right? Most of us have a bubble, people that we feel safe with. Why don't you just take your COVID bubble and make a small group out of it? Just a few people, men or women, married couples, maybe bring one or two people into that small group and create a group that you feel comfortable meeting with for for six or seven weeks. It's a way that we can cross-pollinate one another. It's a way that we can grow because the church needs to gather today. The church needs to be around one another. So I wanna encourage you, wherever you're at today, to examine your life. Ask Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, is there fruit in my life? Am I bearing fruit or do I just look good? Maybe even you find yourself as one of those people that I talked about, you feel like you're hiding. You've been hidden. You're hiding behind these fig leaves and saying, I, you know what, I'm okay, I'm good. But Holy Spirit's saying, listen, check your backside. 
you're being exposed today. And I want to use you. I want your life to bear fruit. And so today, the Holy Spirit is prompting you and saying, yeah, you need fruit in your life. I want to encourage every single one of you, wherever you're at, that today is a day to step forward. Today's a day of growth. Today's a day to follow Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus today, I just want you to say this prayer with me very quickly. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you said that prayer, you're part of the family of God, but you don't automatically just abide in him. You, you gotta grow into that. You gotta learn how, and we wanna help you. So here's what I want you to do. Just text the words, the word more OC, one word, M-O-R-E-O-C, more OC to 94,000. We wanna follow up with you. We wanna help you in your journey. If you need prayer today, if you any prayer, any, any, any reason in your life, you're sick in your body, you need help, if you have any question about the church, you can do the same. Just text MOROC to 94000. We'll send you a link and we want to follow up with you and help you in your journey with Christ. We so appreciate you tuning in today. I want you to receive this word. I want it to bear fruit in your life. And so I'll bless you right now in Jesus' name.